coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed. Ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should... Oh, I don't know. Try them out again. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is hour number two of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and this is the program where we take a look at the news of the week in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Obviously, this is our first show after the big election and the shocking turn of events where Donald J. J. Trump is now the president-elect of the United States of America. Uh, this was a, a victory that I know, Leah, you had to have enjoyed. By the way, you didn't really give us – you said that you were uh, – that you were – what would you say, hopeful or that you were relieved? Relieved. relieved. That's right. You were relieved. But what well, was, but, when, but when it was announced that he okay. won, what was your reaction? I mean, you had okay. already predicted it, so you couldn't have been shocked. But, but what was your reaction when it actually went down? Okay. I had just traveled back. <laughs> right, you were exhausted. So. I was exhausted, and I got a little bit giddy on the air okay. on my local radio station okay. uh, prematurely. Uh, about, about what time? About what time was oh, this? Oh, nine-ish. Nine-ish Alabama nine, time. So 10 o'clock. Nine-ish Alabama time. That wow. would have been seven-ish. Oh, I knew he was going to win. How did I you know? Based on what? Because Florida hadn't been announced yet, right. but we were watching it, and Dade County had already come in. But 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 hold on a second. He 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 could easily have lost while winning Florida and Ohio. So I'm curious as to no. how you knew already. No, because what do you mean? No? Because <laughs> they took forever announcing Florida. It was it was last. The all other states had already come in. There was definitely enough left. I knew. He was going to win. I knew okay. it. All right. I knew it. So, uh, yeah, it was not a good, it was not a good night for me. I was unprofessional and embarrassing. Well, I'm sure that means that the audience loved you. I don't know. Oh, All I'm I know sh- is sure that I got both. in trouble management wise. Well, and we do not want to do that. I, but based upon what I understand of the audience of talk radio in Alabama, they were probably cheering you on, Leah Brandon. <laughs> so, so. Well, well, it's management that matters. I understand. So anyway, I, understand. I went home and as exhausted as I was, I 
stayed up because they still hadn't announced. Uh, the last thing I remember before I fell asleep around 2, before getting up at 3 and coming back to work, was Fox News <laughs> announcing around 2 o'clock that he was the president, and I went back to bed. <laughs> well, That's how it happened. <laughs> well, look, I mean, one of the great uh, travesties for me personally is not only the abuse that I have taken, I don't really care that much about that, but but because of my rather unusual, if not unique, take uh, on this election, not only, by the way, that Hillary would win, but also that Trump, we would rue the day eventually that Trump uh, was the president, both from the standpoint of the country as well as the conservative movement. Because of that, I was not able to emotionally enjoy the many delicious elements to Trump's victory. Which uh, was the media. <laughs> well, I mean, all there's so many entities that I have disdain for who got a big F you here. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously the first is the Clintons. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, my first documentary film was a very anti-Clinton film called Blocking the Path to 9-11. And, and to see the Clintons now be effectively erased from relevance. Uh, they're grooming uh, Chelsea for Congress. Well, yeah. They're, they're, no, <laughs> Don't they're, celebrate too soon. No, they're done. Um, and w- by the way, one of the elements that I hadn't even fully considered, partially because I didn't have all the information needed at the time, which really played a... You, you might not be surprised about this, Leah, uh, but I think it'll give some insight as to the way my weird brain works. Part of what helped me get through all this insanity, because I, I really do believe eventually the country will rue this day. I hope it's not for a very long time. But part, So I was in a bit of a depression slash funk. Part of what helped me get out of this was... I learned that our good friend Cyrus Narasta, the filmmaker who created The Path to 9-11, which was the, the, the censorship by the Clintons and ABC back in 2006, and that's what I made my first documentary film about. I learned that there's a very good chance, and I don't want to jinx it, but there's a very good chance that Cyrus ends up getting a major movie made partially because the political environment has now changed. The, oh. the Clintons are, are done. Uh, the Trump thing has re-energized Hollywood uh, from a political standpoint, and there's a, a particular movie that fits in perfectly with this narrative, and a major star has has signed on to it. And I don't, you know, Cyrus doesn't get too uh, optimistic about anything. He's like me, and there's a lot of bad things that could happen since it's Hollywood. You never know until it's actually done. But but that made me feel a lot better that one of my good friends may benefit from this. So that was a good thing. Uh, the other FUs, obviously. Talk about FUs. I mean, the Obamas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is the biggest FU to Barack Obama you could possibly ever imagine. And they went too far. They went too far. In what? Meaning what? Obamas? Are you kidding me? Well, when you say they went too far about going after Trump? No, they just went too far in his presidency. Uh, well, I mean, but the weird thing is he's got, I know you don't believe the polls anymore, but... By every measure, he's got an incredibly good approval rating for for a lame duck president. Now, part that's of that's because they separate him personally. Right. The problem with him personally is that he's charismatic mm-hmm. and people like him. Mm-hmm. They separate him from his policies. However, this election shows this was a repudiation of him. 
as far as as of him and of this whole PC screaming in the streets, shooting police officers. I swear, I think all of that is part of it. I agree that that, that all played a incredibly important role. But if you look at our last several elections, they are all repudiations of the prior president. I mean, let's face it. One of the things that made me so excited about George W. Bush winning in 2000 was that it was there was no greater repudiation of Bill Clinton, for whom I had great disdain, than to replace him with the son of the guy Bill Clinton beat. So, so Bush wins in 2000. He squeaks by John Kerry because he was just a horrendous candidate, maybe even worse than Hillary in some ways. And then what happens in 2008? There's a repudiation of George W. Bush because you take the, the white man cowboy who got us into Iraq and you elect the first black president who got elected against allegedly the war in Iraq. So that was a huge repudiation of George W. Bush. Well, what's the greatest repudiation you could possibly have of Barack Obama? Well, it would be not just a white guy, but the white guy who claimed that Obama wasn't even a citizen. And, you know, obviously, <laughs> right, I forgot about not only that. wasn't a citizen, <laughs> but was the founder of ISIS and a whole bunch of other things. By well, the that's way, true. By the way, incredibly brave, incredibly brave this week for, for Trump. The first thing to do after his election is to meet with the founder of ISIS. I thought that was amazing. I mean, that, hey, listen, I courage. have no problem um, with what Trump did meeting with Obama. Yeah. It's what you do. Right. And okay. we're gonna get, I, we're, hold on. We're going to get to that. OK, but let me just let me just finish this point about. The repudiation, because I don't think it's just a coincidence that we keep repudiating in the most dramatic way. And there's never been a more dramatic repudiation than than going with the birther after the first black president. But what scares me is, okay, what's the repudiation of Trump going to be? I know it's the pendulum swing. I know. Now, Now we're talking Kanye West. I mean, no, right now. now right. We're talking, no, now, I, I agree. I agree. That's and, and the media is going to set out to destroy him. Now the not, libs have a full time job. Well, they're not going to. We're going to get to the media in a second. They're not going to destroy him right away. They are very pleased with Mr. Trump being their president because he's the full employment act for all major news media. But we'll, we'll talk some more about who, who got the FUs in all of this uh, and uh, a lot more coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, you can hear the people sing, at least the Trumpsters, that's for sure, because the shocking victory by Donald Trump. Obviously, he's the president-elect of the United States, something I never thought was uh, at all likely to happen, including even just last Sunday when I gave it about a 5% chance of occurring. But that chance came through. And by the way, as an aside on the chance thing, one of the many, 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 which I'm sure we'll get into in the next weeks and months, things that Donald Trump will change for the rest of our lifetime, for better or for worse, I think for worse, is that it will be impossible to make the electability argument against anybody from either party. You will never be able to say, yeah, he's popular, but he's not electable. Because especially on the Republican side, but even on the Democratic side, because everyone will now be able to go, eh, 
Donald Trump. You couldn't get more unelectable than him. Look what happened. And that's going to be that's going to pay reverse dividends uh, for quite a while. Many one of many, many elements of this uh, whole Trump sanity that will. But right now, I want to talk a little bit more about who got the big FU and the news media, of course, Leah, which I have enormous visceral disdain for the incompetent, totally broken, selfish, narcissistic news media that blows just about every big story that there is. Could not have gotten a bigger FU, except for the fact they're going to benefit from this. That's what pisses me off. The mainstream news media especially, who is, was totally repudiated here, uh, the, you know, a lot of Trump fans believe that they piled on Donald Trump. I think they actually went about it all wrong in trying to take him out. But the reality is that they obviously took aside almost every single newspaper in the country, including conservative newspapers, endorsed Hillary Clinton, and he still won. <laughs> and if there was anything that exposes their impotence, uh, it was the Trump victory. And by the way, he actually ran against them for all intents and purposes. The, the crooked media, the rigged media, all yes. that business. Um, but the, what, what pisses me off, and this is, this, really, this is the kind of thing, Leah, not to get off on a tangent here, this is the kind of thing that has me very close to just saying, you know what? I'm going to give up public life because this is just it's just not worth it. Because even when you win, you lose, you lose, you lose. The bad people always win. The news media is very happy that Donald Trump won. Well, I don't care because you know what? He's the only candidate that we ever could have elected that will give it back to them. So if Mm. they're going to get big ratings because of the president, there's nothing we can do about it. But, you know, he has no problem calling them out. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I wish he would call them out only when it was accurate. I, mean, it, I don't look, care. Well, see, to Keep me, I, still, in their place. I don't like I don't like living in this post fact, post post truth, post logic world I, that we now live in with Donald Trump, especially when as conservatives were expected to adhere to what the Fuhrer says. And uh, the reality is that many, many, many of the complaints that Donald Trump lodged against the media were not factually accurate. Like he, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, first of all. They they were not rigging the election against him. Obviously, he won. That's no, the, no, the, the, no, the, no, 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 no. They were no, no, unbelievable. No, 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 no. Okay, there hold on a second. Leah. The media Leah. research center. Are they uh, just there? Leah. Okay. Leah. The media research okay. center is, is a bunch of right wing hacks who would be the most depressed okay. people in the world if right if media bias, liberal media bias, ever evaporated. Let me. Here's the deal. If the news media was really out to destroy Donald Trump and make sure he lost, if that was their true goal, then he would have been forced to release his taxes. No. Well, don't give me. That. It's not. You, you, you know what? You cannot make the you argument. You need to step you, you into can, you cannot uh, make the times. You cannot it, make the, the taxes ar- do not matter. Except not to you, you because Clinton. you're a Trumpster. The reality is the reality is. That if the news media had wanted to destroy him, every single outlet would have focused only on that until Ugh. he actually they spent two weeks on that. No, they did the not. They did only the New York Times did. They, the fact that the news media did did not go on a full court press to make sure that he was not the first person in over a generation to not release his taxes. By the way, he, he of all those presidential candidates, he was the one that 
was most obligated to release his taxes because his entire campaign was about how rich he is, what a great businessman he is, and he promised to do so. And yet, despite all of that, he did not release the taxes even after the New York Times gave a very compelling case that he doesn't pay any real significant federal income taxes. If the news media really wanted to get him, that would have been done. Also, I mean, they tried. It no, seems they, like they to did me, not. They, they tried, really tried, but they, no, 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 but no, no, no. But you they, know, Hillary they, had all that other stuff going on that well, they had to cover too. Well, they, and I also think. And then that Donald if, said something about a female, and then he did this, and then he did that, and then he did this. Right. That actually played focus. into Donald. That played into Donald Trump's hands because the news media was not. Their goal was not to destroy him. Their goal was ratings, and there were lots of really good rating stories about Donald Trump that weren't very effective in destroying his chances of winning. More on this when we come back on the John and Leah Show. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. In hour number three, we're going to go through a, a list of all the major players in this crazy presidential campaign and give kind of um, a synopsis of where they've been and where they are, where they're going. So I'm looking forward to that. As part of that, Leah, we're going to get back into how the news media really did handle this campaign. And I wrote a couple of columns this week for Mediaite, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com, on the issue of how the media handled this and how I think it's been misunderstood. In fact, I, I wrote one of comparing the, the uh, win by Donald Trump to the O.J. Simpson verdict, uh, which I think people will find interesting and a little bit uh, eerie. All of that at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Com. But before we, we do that in hour number three, I do want to get to the meeting between Donald Trump and Barack Obama, the founder of ISIS, uh, which occurred just after his election this week. Because I think, you know, it, it, I, I, I understand that there is a re- real uh, tendency to overreact to tea leaves, especially when there's somebody as mysterious as Donald Trump. I mean, let's face it. Nobody really knows what he's going to do, what he's going to prioritize, what kind of president he's going to be, which ought to scare you. But I guess in this let's make a deal game, you know, we knew we were going to get a used blender that doesn't work very well. And so we went for the what's behind door number two. And now we're going to find out what's behind door number two. Well, we started to find out what's behind door number two when Trump met with the founder of ISIS, uh, Barack Obama, in the White House. Who is the founder of ISIS. Right. Uh, Yet, oddly... You know, Trump was very nice to the founder of ISIS and the man who Good. who he doesn't believe uh, was born in this country, or at least he didn't until he was forced to, uh, on teleprompter, say that he was a couple months ago because it was going to become too much of a negative campaign issue once the media said, oh, by the way, remember that? This is how Donald Trump became a political figure. He he lied about a conspiracy story involving Donald uh, uh, Barack Obama being uh, born outside of the United States of America and not being eligible to be president. Oh, yeah. 
And then suddenly Trump That's changed. all right. Obama said all kinds of stuff about him, too. Big deal. They met. Let's play it. You want to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's forget about birtherism. Let's forget about the conspiracy nut that just yeah, got I mean, elected president. But okay, so let's go to so so Trump said some interesting things. They and by the way, I'm not I'm not ripping Donald Trump for being cordial uh, in his meeting with the the president. I just think it's 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 odd given what the things that he has said in the past that there was zero indication of any even tension or animosity. But Trump did say a couple of interesting things. Uh, and we're actually learning some more context, which I'm going to share in a moment about what happened in this uh, meeting that went longer than expected between Obama and Trump. But here was Trump after the meeting at the White House. Uh, I have great respect. Uh, the meeting lasted for almost an hour and a half. And it could have, as far as I'm concerned, it could, could have gone on for a lot longer. We really um, we discussed a lot of different situations, some wonderful and some difficulties. Um, I very much look forward to dealing with the president in the future, including counsel. Uh, he's uh, he explained some of the difficulties, some of the the high-flying assets, and some of the some of the really great things that have been achieved. Uh, so, Mr. President, it was a great honor being with you, and I look forward to being with you many, many more times in the future. Thank you, sir. All right. Now, Leah, as a Trump fan, what's your interpretation of that? He didn't mean it. (laughs) So you think he was just lying? Well, uh, if you watch the video, Donald Trump has a way of um, Obama was speaking and Trump. I don't think he was really paying attention to him. He was kind of looking around the room, looking down, blah, blah. And then as soon as. President Obama stopped speaking, Trump came to life. And he was like, yeah, uh, I got great respect. Look forward to meeting with him. Uh, I can imagine him actually thinking in his head, get out of here. I don't need you. (laughs) You've screwed up this country. Now I have to fix it. I just, I, you know, look, I think that Donald Trump realizes, uh, he doesn't want to look horrific his first meeting, and he didn't mean it. So, wow, I think he said what he had to say. Wow, that is a heck of an ability. I mean, that really is. No, I mean, I'm being very sincere here. The, what you just hit on might be the key to how Donald Trump navigates this minefield somewhat successfully over the next four years. Because when you have a base of support, that, and I've seen this a lot of times in the last year plus, but now I think it's going to be exaggerated because he's won and has all this extra credibility because, after all, he predicted it for all these many months against the conventional wisdom, and he, and he did it, even though he didn't get as many votes as Hillary, but I digress. Well, he did it. Okay, he did it. But, but this is an amazing ability to have your believers, your followers, believe you when they want to believe you, and just presume you're lying when they don't like what they're hearing. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. That is a, that's that is not a, true. That is what a do you superpower. think he's going to do, Ziggler? That is a superpower. He's not an idiot. No, no, hold on. He's well, not going to get up there Leah, and Leah. say, hey, you weren't born here. No, no, you, I'm, I'm just going off of what you just said. You just said yeah. he doesn't mean it. So you, no. you, didn't, you didn't like what he said. Do so you, you think President Obama meant what he said? 
How about that? No, Let's call him. He's not your guy. Uh, no, but, but you never said one word about Obama. I don't it's care about Trump, Obama Trump, anymore. Trump, I don't Trump, care Trump. about Obama anymore. He's he's old news. I, I don't believe that, uh, that Barack Obama okay. lo- said right. anything nice Look, about that Donald Trump You that was asked real. me what I thought, and right. then you called me. Then you insulted me. Hold on. <laughs> wait, a, wait a minute. I gave – hold on. I told you you just put your finger on why Donald Trump's going to be a success. How is that an insult? Because we're idiots. Well, no, you you said <laughs> do you, you not don't... get that you're being really condescending the, when you do stuff like you that? You said you don't believe him. He doesn't mean it. Okay. Do you? Th- neither one okay. of them meant what they said. Okay. It's a meeting for the press. All right. And and by the way, okay, <laughs> just for the record, then since since he didn't mean it, it was just for the press. After uh, Obama, let's 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 go into what we said we were going to go in. So Obama. Uh, says to uh, Trump, "Hey, they're going to want to ask you questions, but don't do it. Don't don't answer them. Let's play that clip." Yeah, as soon as uh, Trump stops talking, the guys in the press corps start screaming questions out. Here's a good rule: don't answer a question when they just start yelling. He says, "Don't answer any questions when you start." They start yelling. So basically, yeah, this is a good rule. Okay. Don't I, answer. I, I don't know how to interpret that. I mean, to me, it was it, there was some there was at least some rapport there. In yes. fact, in fact, Obama was touching Trump on his sleeve when he said it, and Trump wasn't re- recoiling. So there was some rapport there. Hey, buddy, you know, let me give you some advice. There may have been also a little bit of alpha male contest there. Hey, let me tell you, I've been through. Yeah, this. here's how. Here's what it's. Here's like. how it goes. Let's you know. Here are the rules. But then the most interesting moment to me. Occurred even after that. Now you keep saying, and I understand. I've already stipulated that it would be stupid to, you know, go, go tell the guy to go f himself in front of the whole world uh, at that moment. That would be insanely dumb, and I would have criticized him for that. However, there was absolutely, positively, no need for after what we just heard with Obama saying, "Hey, don't answer any questions." Trump did answer a question about what you make of the president. I don't know if that was the exact question, but. For all intents and purposes, the question was, hey, what do you make of uh, President Obama? And here's what Trump said. Very, very good man. He's a very, very good man. Yeah. No need for that. Now, let's let's review. Let's review what what I at least to me were the interesting things that Trump said. He's looking forward to the president's counsel. His counsel. Yes. No need to say that. No, no need to say that at all unless it's. It's true. I don't know why you would say that, but it certainly seemed sincere to me. Then he says, it was interesting to hear. I'm very curious what you made of this, because I haven't heard anybody come up with a good explanation for this one. It was interesting to hear about our high-flying assets. (laughs) Now, was this Obama, like, bragging about some new plane we have or something in the military? What? And and Trump was all jazzed up about it. What did you make of that, our high-flying assets? Wait, wait, wait. Did he say assets? Yes, he said our high. I thought he said achievements. No, no, no. He then goes on to say some of the great things that have been accomplished, which is the third thing I found to be extraordinary given the history. And again, not something that you would need to say unless you really believed it. So he goes from, he says, looking forward to his counsel, I was thrilled to hear about the high flying assets, whatever the heck those are. Sound almost like a kid. I'm glad we have him if we do. Okay. It almost sounded like a kid on his first trip to the White House. Uh, ooh, that was cool. And then the third thing was 
he told me about some of the great things that have been accomplished. And then, of course, he says he's a very, very good man. Now, again, you could theoretically, if this was Trump's M.O., put this under the category of, well, he's just being nice and being super nice, way nicer than he would need to be to the founder of ISIS and the guy who wasn't born here and and who was the worst president ever and all the other mean things that he said. But okay, fine. But well, let's- you know, he is the guy who's not fit for uh, that office and all the other things Obama said. Okay, but— They but, were both exceedingly but, nice to each okay, other. Okay, but, but that's not all we have to go on because there's been a lot of news made about that meeting after it occurred, and we'll get to that when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. the John and Leah show, the post-political earthquake edition, post-Donald Trump as president-elect edition of the John and Leah show. I'm John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And we're talking about the meeting between Barack Obama and Donald Trump and the fact that Trump said some very complimentary things that I don't think were necessarily required. I, I don't criticize them. In a vacuum. In a vacuum, I'm fine with it if they're just niceties. What concerns me is that what we know about Donald Trump is he will change his view of you on a dime if you treat him with respect and you compliment him or if there's something he can get from you that's a value to him. And there's a lot of indications that that meeting with Barack Obama, which went long past scheduled, may have had a major significant impact on Donald Trump. Let me give you a couple examples, Leah Brandon, and you can tell me if they bother you at all. My, I guess I know the answer, but I would still like to talk about it. Number one, immediately thereafter, Trump announced that after hundreds and hundreds of times of saying that Obamacare will be repealed and replaced, that now he's, thanks to the president's counsel, he's open to keeping two, at least two, of the provisions of Obamacare that are the most popular, which is the pre-existing conditions and the kids up to the age of, I guess, 26 being able to keep their parents' health care. Now, does that bother you at all? No, and I'll I'll tell you why it doesn't bother me. Please do. Because those were never going to go away. You know why? Why? They are the cornerstone of the GOP, the better way. Mm-hmm. But the problem, that had nothing to do with Barack Obama and everything said. to do with that was the plan all along. That's not what he told 60 Minutes. He told 60 Minutes it was because of Barack Obama's counsel that he, he would definitely stick with pre, you know, the, the pre-existing conditions condition of what's in Obamacare currently. And that he would try to keep the kids uh, with their parents' health care provision. Here's the problem. Okay, well, then that's 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 not what he told 60 Minutes, but guess what? what I've got a box full of the better ways right here, and it's been a plan with the Republicans for over two years now. So Here's the problem, Leah, and and I don't want to get bogged down, but because this is obviously going to be something that will happen after his inauguration. 
But I personally, and I'm not alone, do not believe that there is any way to fully get away from Obamacare once you buy into the no pre-existing conditions clause. Because once you do that, it is a domino effect that leaves only two choices. Government-run health care with a mandate or the insurance companies all go under because they can't make a profit. There's well, no other option. Okay, guess what? The better way uh-huh. actually has a different plan, mm-hmm. and it's exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. However, I do think, listen, people are freaking out over Obamacare. All you hear is tens of millions of people will be thrown off. I think it's smart for Donald Trump to say that he's going to keep those two and that it was Obama's counsel that made him do it. Because if it's the Republicans, okay. oh, everybody's going to hate it. You know it's what? automatically set okay. up for failure. That's You know what? That is perfectly fine. That makes sense. That's logical. I'm willing to keep an open mind on it. And you may very well be right that it's a political ploy, that he's that smart, that he understands that as soon as he gives it Obama's stamp of approval, that it actually helps the chances of it passing. That would be tremendous. And if that's the case, I'll be the first person to say, you know what? I was worried about nothing. However, based upon what we know of Trump's M.O., I'm not saying that that got me at a 10 concern level. I wasn't quite that, you know, that worried about it. It's not like you know, eleven. It wasn't like that, but it was. It was about a five or a six. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Especially, yeah. especially when we know his mo of how influenced he is by the last guy that he's talked to, and by the fact that there's several other things that he's already said or been attributed to his campaign in the last couple of days, which are consistent with, oh yeah, by the way, what we told you during the campaign. Never mind. That's not. That was all just campaign bullcrap. Here's what we're really going to do. There's another story, which I don't think you've seen. I, I tweeted it. It's gotten a ton of action on Twitter. This is from the Wall Street Journal tonight. And this is both... Oh, <laughs> this is fascinating and a bit concerning. I'm, again, I'm curious what your reaction is. This is the Wall Street Journal. During their private White House meeting on Thursday, Mr. Obama walked his successor, Mr. Trump, through the duties of running the country. And, and Mr. Trump seemed surprised by the... Sp- I can't. Oh, said I can't people familiar with the meeting. I can't take it. This is Because wa- he's a dumb... Hold on, could, Leah, could we just let me finish this? This is, the, this is, not, this is not the New York so Times. So embarrassing. This is not the New it's York Times. It's the Wall Ta- Street Journal. The, well, Leah, he gave his first print interview <sighs> to the Wall Street Journal. Okay? We can't just say... Oh, it's not Breitbart, so it must be, you know, or, or, I mean, come on. Well, they're the other way. All right. All right. He, he gave his first print interview to the Wall Street Journal. And so the Wall Street Journal further reports, Trump seems surprised by the scope of the job people familiar with the meeting said. Trump aides were described by those people as unaware that the entire presidential staff working in the West Wing had to be replaced at the end of Mr. Obama's term. Not true. After meeting with Mr. Trump, the only person to be elected president without having government or military position, Mr. Obama realized the Republican needs more guidance. He plans to spend more time with his successor than presidents typically do. Oh, my God. People familiar with the matter said. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
It's already started. What? So you believe? Oh that... my God! You got to be kidding me! So why? Me. Why are you so sure that's not true, Leah? It is complete. And how do you good. know that, Leah? How okay. do you know? Uh, let's see. There's no one at all. Like Ryan's Priebus, Jeff Sessions. Anybody that could have told him <laughs> that he needs to, he just reappointed Governor Mike Pence to take over hiring 4,000 people on his transition team. Mm-hmm. Okay? He knows these things. He's not an idiot. He's been getting briefings, yet no one bothered to tell him. I don't believe it. They're setting him up once again. So what's the Wall Street? Who are these some people familiar with the meeting? uh, Okay. So so what is the Wall Street Journal's uh, agenda here, Leah? Well, everyone in the media's agenda is to make him look stupid. And why would, unprepared. So, so the, unfit. So the newspaper he gave his first print interview to a day before is now going out of their way to make him look like an idiot because he didn't know that the entire West Wing needed to be replaced with new people. Yes. That's that, that's their agenda. Okay. See, see Get now? ready. It's coming. Yeah. Every single article written about him mm-hmm. is going to be like that. He's dumb, he's stupid, and thank God for Obama. Obama's going to save us again. It's Obama's going to spend time with him. Oh, thank God. I, look, I get why you believe that, but I think there's a grain of truth here, and it concerns me that he's relying on Barack Obama for counsel and uh, not just on this. Hour number three, lots to get to coming up next on the John and Leah Show.